0: Thank you for joining us this month for Bill Purvis Leadership. In this lesson, we will dig into what Dr. Bill Purvis has learned through his experiences in leadership over the years. Let's join him now. All right, I want to welcome you to this month's BPL and tell you that I'm really excited about being with you today and share with you some things that I know that I've learned by experience. That's why I titled this today, Insights That I've Learned by experience and all of them have to do with leadership and these will be the things that for me and in my life i feel that have given me a little bit of an advantage after i learned them so i want to help you today to be able to uh, perhaps make some uh, areas of your life a little stronger or not make the mistakes i've made or get the insights before you arrive at the situations you're in so let me just jump right in today with you okay number one i'm going to give you these nine insights that i've learned by experience the first one is this I had no father but God, but God was enough. Now, what I'm saying by that is this, while I didn't have the best earthly relationship with a human father and the best support system, that still doesn't mean that there's not a possibility or an opportunity to succeed. You see, your past doesn't have to be your future, and your starting place doesn't have to be your ending place. I I embrace it this way. Understand this concept, and it will help you to be able to get to where you want to be. You weren't rejected, you were selected. Have you ever noticed in the Bible that when God chose Abraham, He called him out from his father's home. Now Abraham took his father with him, and, and then his father, you remember, died on the trip. And Abraham had to learn how to lean upon God alone. And that wasn't bad, because today we look at Abraham as the father of the faith. You remember when David learned that his father clearly didn't support him. He supported all the other brothers, but not him. It caused David to have to lean on God harder, and if you look at it now, it paid off because David went much further than all of his brothers, and so you understand that the point was this, that he wasn't really rejected, or if he was rejected by man, he was still selected by God, and so I encourage you to do this. Don't focus on human rejection. Focus on divine selection. God chose you, and if God chose you, then you're qualified, okay, okay? God knows what He's doing, and He's not made a mistake before, and I don't think He's going to do it now. Understand this as well. Favor, grace, gifts, and opportunity will come to you when you embrace the fact that God is enough. I have a new book coming out that I mentioned to you last month, and I want to give it to you now because now it's out, uh, called Make a Break for It. It can be pre-ordered even right now at Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble. I want you to get one, and I want you to get one especially for the person that you know that doesn't know God. Uh, the reason is you can use it as a tool to help them to come to know Him. I covered the journey in my own life of how God used certain circumstances and situations to teach me how to rely upon Him. Now, I hope that you'll help me with that. I hope that, that you'll make it one of your 2016 goals to just put that book, make a break for it in the hands of somebody that you want to reach for Christ and, and use it as a conversation piece that you can come back to and say, what did you think about or, or what you uh, you know did you get from And then you can open that door to be able to help to reach your friends. So I'm trying to help you to reach the people that you care about. So the first principle that I learned by experience, which was necessary to learn in leadership, was that even if you had no father, God was still enough. The second thing is this. I learned this kind of by watching the way and observing how God worked in the world. Choose not to judge or criticize what and who God is blessing. Uh, This is a lesson that will help you a lot. It really helped me when I understand that God can bless whomever He chooses, and God doesn't need my approval. He doesn't ask me what I think about who He's about to bless. God's blessing of another person is not my concern. And then when I can celebrate the blessings of others, I've learned that it creates a capacity in me for God to enlarge my own life. And so the way I approach the blessings of others that God has given to them is going to have a lot to do with how God can bless me. God's kingdom, by the way, is bigger than my small part in it, and, uh, and it's his to run anyway, and I, just, I have a hard enough time just doing my own work. And so keeping my eyes on my track and my vision and what I've been assigned to is enough. I don't need to uh, burden myself with taking on the responsibility of worrying how God controls everybody else or blesses others. Number three, the attacks of enemies and critics will test your devotion. You see, there's going to be a time as you begin to succeed and grow and move forward that you're going to suddenly find yourself in different territory. The question is going to be there, whose voice matters most? Is it the voice of others or is it the voice of God? Now, let me help you. You don't need public approval to validate your worth in God's eyes. fact is, it's because God loves you and God chose you even if you don't get the approval of others. And I know it would be nice if we did, But even if we don't, it shouldn't validate your worth. Your worth was validated the fact that Christ came to a cross for you because he wants eternity for you, and he has an assignment for you right now. And then also recognize this, that that most criticism comes just from jealousy, okay? Critics want to be noticed. They crave attention. They don't have the skills to lead or to build, so they tear down in order to get recognition themselves. We call it piggybacking. They piggyback off the success of someone else who's doing something as their way of getting attention. So understand it's just a test along that line of testing. The fourth point is this betrayal of a friend is going to test your resilience. You see, there's going to be a time as you begin to grow and and move forward, you are going to experience some betrayal at times and occasions. Now, betrayal does several things. It can distract your focus. Uh, It can affect your self-confidence. And it can steal energy from your own passion. You know, what you were zealous about, all of a sudden you find out not everybody's on board, even people you trusted. And if you're not careful, it will take away from your focus, your self-confidence, and it will drain the energy that you had going forward. Remember this, Jesus had Judas, Caesar had Brutus, West Point had General Benedict Arnold. There's always going to be that, that just, you factor it into part of your growth process. But when you can weather this, the setback of betrayal, uh, then you're on your way to success. Number five, don't lean on the rich for your resources. Rely on God. When I first started at the church, uh, we had people that would come along sometimes that were prosperous or financially well-set, and they would come, and they became friends of mine, and they wanted to be friends of the pastors, and I liked them. And, and at every level, I've had wealthy people that have come along. But I've had to learn not to rely upon them, but to rely upon God. See, if you think that you can't succeed without the support of the influencer, you're going to weaken your leadership. In fact, I've had rich people come and go, and and I want you to understand this. They need you more than you need them. And if you can understand that and keep that in mind, that will keep you on track. Number six, there's an emptying and a stripping process that always comes as you grow as you grow, people and circumstances will change. That's just inevitable. That's what happens. There's growth at all times. If I look around the seasons, you see there's growth and there's changes and everything around us, there's, there's a change. Now, and I mentioned that in last month's BPL, in order to help you to embrace that, and I covered a lot of that in my book, but, but what it means is this, growth is going to mean for you and I learning to dance with the change. We've got to learn to embrace it because it's not going away. And so if it doesn't, uh, cripple you or paralyze you and you can stop and say, how do I dance with what I have? I think you can go a lot further. I also know this, that when God does the stripping or the, or the emptying process in our life, whether it be the empty vessels he has to fill or, the, or the, uh, the, the separations he makes in our life, here's a good word for you. The, the replacement that God sends is always much better than the loss that you had. Uh, I've found in, in, in my life and those of you in leadership you're going to go through this at times, but I have discovered that, that when a big giver sometimes would leave, um, a new one would come along and, and they would do twice as much, sometimes three times more. And, and, and when a leader would leave, somebody I relied upon or was doing an effective job, when they would leave, um, at that moment I would begin to worry, how will we go forward? And then I realized that God usually brings a greater leader to take their place. And so if I had known then what I know now, I'd have probably helped people to have leave faster if they were already off the journey because I saw the replacement was so good. And so I, I encourage you to understand that process. Now, and, and, and then there's always a struggle going forward, no matter what. There's always going to be a struggle, but the struggle is part of your growth process. In almost every case in my life, I've learned this, that, that when a, when a staff member leaves, uh, it may be that the root is pride. People feel entitled, they can't wear success well, they disconnect from people, they resist authority, or they eventually destroy their own life. You remember that Bible verse, I'm always scared of it, pride goes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Um, That's the one thing we have to keep in check. There are a lot of things God can keep us from, but there's certain things that he's going to give to you and I, the wisdom and the insight to look at, and we've got to police and monitor our own self. And so if I realize and I'm afraid of pride, pride that goes before fall or a haughty spirit before destruction, that'll keep me in the game for a long time. Now, when you have boards and things like that, understand this, power struggles are detrimental on a team. It's about a team win, not a personal competition. So you learn to do this. Deal with those issues the moment you see them, whether it's power struggle or pride. Don't let it go unaddressed. Don't let it go underground. I used to be real bad about something that I hope you won't do. If I saw a problem or a conflict that I knew was bad and going in the wrong direction and it didn't look like they were going to turn it around, sometimes I would ignore it and hope that it would be turned around. And and it's because it was kind of messy and it was uncomfortable. And I didn't want to take the time to go down and close the door and sit down with someone and, and, and then bring that up. But I realized if I didn't, that it would, it would just grow. It would cause a lot more problems in the long run. And so my moment of, trying to keep peace at all costs generally backfired on me. So I I encourage you, if you sense that it's something that you need to approach and you need to take care of, then don't let it go underground. Don't let it go unaddressed. Number eight, giving is the secret to living. If there's anything I've learned about enjoying the journey, it's that one there. Giving is that secret. See, giving starts with an attitude. It's wanting to be a blessing. And it's one of them to be a blessing first. Now you can go through life with the idea of, I want to get a blessing and where can I get my next blessing and, and, and and kind of live like that Mimi bird in South Africa. It's all about me. You know, the the Mimi bird says, Mimi, Mimi, Mimi. Or you can go with the attitude of what can I do for you? When I leave, are you better? When, when, uh, will I be missed? What do I bring? And giving is one of those areas that when you start a lifestyle of giving, I promise you, it's one of those things that is something that you've tasted that you'll never want to be without again. By the way, giving is the best way to break greed. If you find a self-centered person or a person who's always thinking about themselves, you'll find somebody who generally doesn't know how to give. Giving will break greed in your life, and it does create an awesome future for you. I used to have a statement I'd make, givers always have more than enough, takers never have enough, and that was one of those things that I've learned when I didn't have much to give. I mean, when Debbie and I first started out, we were in a little trailer and, and uh, had a little car and, and a little baby and, and a little church, and everything we had was little, and we didn't have much at all, but we, we understood that giving made us feel uh, fulfilled. It gave us a sense of satisfaction. And, and looking back now, I'm embarrassed by some of the gifts we gave and some of the efforts we made to help other people, because it wasn't much, but to us, it was big. But we did it from a right heart. And I look back today and see how far God's blessed us in every area from that little trailer to a beautiful home, from, that, from, from not many friends to, to many friends, from one child to now six wonderful grandkids and three wonderful kids and, and their wives um, to, to all the blessings from a little church to a large church. Everything that we have now, I can go back and attribute that to God's favor and our willingness to give. Uh, by the way, uh, when you start giving long enough, giving becomes fun. It is the next level, and it, and it draws that to you. It's like Joel Osteen mentioned in a book recently, something about a heat-seeking missile that reminded me, because I'm out here at Fort Benning area. Um, when you become a giver, it's like a heat-seeking missile finding a target. That is, when you have a lifestyle of encouraging, and, and you live with a, with a pattern and a, and a heart to, to help, Maybe giving advice, lifting a load, taking care of somebody else uh, giving money if needed wherever you give it, good things seem like that heat seeking missile they seem to find you there's something about it we can call it karma, sowing and reaping we can call it favor you can label it whatever you want but the bottom line is when we begin a life of giving, we begin a life that starts really living the happiest people I know are the people that have understood that so don't, don't look at life as what I can get out of it, but what can I invest in it? What can I do? How do I add value? And those are some of the lessons that I've learned in leadership. Now I'll give you the last one, and that's this. Number nine is no one is finished until life is over. You see, if you're still breathing, if your heart's still beating, if you're still on this earth, then the fact is you still have purpose. Uh, God's not gonna take you one day too late, one day too early. He'll be right on time. But he's left you here for a reason. Now, today, I want to challenge you to do something. Dream again. It's 2016, and this is the time that we want to look at the plan for the next year. And, and, and in what way can we influence our, our life and, and what we receive out of 2016? Well, here's how we do it. I think it starts with a dream. Dreaming again of what I would like to do, something that I want to do, something I want to invest in or make a difference in or add value to. And then deciding that this is 2016, I am going to make these days count. That's my hope for you. And so my hope today is we begin to look at the insights that I've learned. And I'll give you more in the next couple of months as we study along. But I just thought that today for some of you, maybe you could learn by, they used to say it in shooting billiards, they'd say, go to school on another man's shot. That is watch what they do, find those principles and follow them. And my word for you today is to do the same. I've had now about 40 years invested in it, and I understand now some things that I wish I knew back then, and I'm giving you now things that I wish that someone had given me back then. So I'm passing this on to you that it might be of help to you as you chart your journey and you grow. I want to thank you for being a BPL member and for listening each month and and, uh, and the support you get and the emails and texts I receive. And I want to tell you that I want to hear from you also of the good reports that you receive so that I can share that and it can help me. So my goal for you is that you grow. I want to help you on your journey and being there. And so let's learn together by the experiences that we've learned in our insights. And these nine I give you today, I hope that you'll utilize and I pray God will bless you for it. Let me pray a prayer blessing over your life today. Father, thank you for everyone today. Every BPL member who's trying and wanting to grow and wanting to make a difference helps to see and learn from the experiences and the information that we get so that we can do our life the way that has the greatest impact for you. And for that, we'll praise you in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson. This month's lesson is a great reminder that when you keep God first, He will satisfy all of your needs. Have a great month.